Hi everyone, welcome to the Third Culture Kid Virtual Online Forum, where our conversation of TCK and faith comes together. This is a place for people to share their own stories and learn from others. It's a place people could safely explore the effects, benefits, and purpose with cross-cultural upbringings. We also want to challenge TCKs and just CCKs in general to think deeper on how their cross-cultural components of their lives is tied to their faith. This podcast is brought to you by Crew, a caring community passionate about connecting people to Jesus Christ. So today, uh, for our episode, the title is "A Voice in God's Silence," and we have Makoto Fujimura with us. Mr. Fujimura graduated with a Bachelor of Arts degree from Bucknell University, then studied in a traditional painting doctorate program for several years at Tokyo University of the Arts. His bicultural art education led his style toward a fusion between fine art and abstract expressionism, together with the traditional Japanese art of Nihonga and Kochoga. Mr. Fujimura's art has been featured widely in galleries and museums around the world. And in fact, I think my first time seeing Mr. Fujimura's name was on the top floor of the. Bible Museum in Washington D.C. when it first opened up, the name really popped out to me because I have Japanese friends and I know that there's like, wait, I think there's only one percent of Christians in Japan. It have always just stuck to me. But besides his art pieces, Mr. Fujimura is also a writer. His highly anticipated book, Art Plus Faith: A Theology of Making, came out, and I think if You are a TCK in the art world, or you're just a lover of art in general. I'm currently reading it. There's just a lot of really good reflections, and especially of how rare these days that artists would be so public about their faith as well as Mr. Fujimura has done. We are actually going to be talking about Mr. Fujimura's book that he wrote called *Silence and Beauty*, which discusses the novel of silence、uh, written by Shusaku Endo, who is also actually a TCK. Mr. Fujimura, would you like to explain a little bit about Endo's book?、Sure. Uh, discuss about. Yeah, I do. My new book, *God Plus Faith*, came out this year, actually officially. It is brand new. I'm excited about conversation that has engendered as well. I talk a little bit about the Japanese culture and how I see the Christian gospel as directly tied with what I do in the studio here in Princeton. How theology and making there should be an overlap. And previous book was Silence and Beauty, and I dealt extensively with the novel Silence. By Shusakendo, a Catholic mid-20th-century writer, as well as Martin Scorsese's recent film、uh, of the same title, *Silence*. Actually, through the pandemic, I began to realize that that book, *Silence and Beauty*, was gaining a new resonance because of the suffering that people are going through, and the book. Silence and Beauty deals with trauma and how God may, through trauma, reveal certain things. 
And certainly that is the intent of Shusake Endo, who wrote the novel post-war. But as you noted, he grew up very much in between cultures, even though he's fully Japanese. He grew up in Manchuria. And he was one of the first students after the war to go abroad to study. He ended up in Paris and then beyond. He was studying French literature, wanted to get his PhD, and never was able to finish his studies because he contracted tuberculosis, ended up in a hospital isolation ward, uh, had to come back to Japan to recuperate, never got his PhD. But it was during that time abroad, experiencing many things that a third culture person will experience, especially a Japanese abroad, Japanese student abroad. At that time, ending up in isolation ward in, in a French hospital, that led to many of his early short stories very much about trauma and illnesses and how difficult it is to navigate traumatic times, such as the war times and beyond. And it was very direct and intentional about addressing times of shutdown or because he was shut down. And he writes from that experience. The novel Silence is about Christians being persecuted in 16th to 17th century Japan. That persecution in Japan went on for 250 years or more. The extensive history of this, much of it hidden because you didn't know about how Christians survived. In fact, there are generations of Christians who were forced to go underground and they go hidden Christians or kakule Christians that only came out. We learned about years after the borders opened and these priests came into first into Nagasaki and discovered uh, these people, generations of people who survived the trauma of persecutions and their faith was very different from what we will understand faith to be today, uh, Catholic or Protestant. But to end though, this was a significant historical reality that Japanese historians have ignored. So he, in many of his books, recount true history of Japanese culture that remains to this day, in a very interesting way, national bestseller. You might want to ask, as you noted, the population of Christians in Japan is very low. So why would this country be so fascinated with the story of persecuted Christians in 17th century? I offer some of the diagnosis of that, but most importantly, the book addresses what I call hidden faith and that remained oppressed, persecuted, but remained underground. And that had direct impact in Japanese culture at large. So the Japanese tend to have, in a way, an image, a negative imprint, <laughs> let's say, because the persecution was only toward Christians that impressed into culture itself something invaluable for us to discover today. So I think my book became a way to explore that possibility. It's a controversial subject because many Japanese historians, as Endo noted, denies this history. They mention it, but they don't talk about it in a way that Endo was able to. 
you mentioned in the book, there is a side of Japanese culture that's very indirect, where the culture emphasizes so much on harmony that you kind of have to keep any differences to yourself. And、yeah. I think I grew up really resonating with that in many ways, and I didn't know. And also, like just even growing up, I really liked watching Japanese anime, and there was some certain like animes that I was really attracted to. That now, grown up watching it, it's kind of like about that third culture ish. There is a side where you present where. You kind of have it all together, but then there is this side of you where you really actually want to be understood by people that you are different in a certain way. You mentioned that Endo was born in Manchuria, which was a Japanese territory in China at that time, and he was a business kid. Yeah, I guess like history is very complicated in general. I've learned,、uh, <laughs> but his parents. Got divorced, but his mom was a Catholic believer and returned to Japan. How do you feel like your cross-cultural experience growing up, both as a Japanese American and your years in Japan during your childhood, have helped you understand Endo as an artist? Yeah, definitely. I identify with that Endo's experience because I was born in Boston. Went to Sweden, and then to Japan. I went to kindergarten and grade school in Japan, and back to U.S. Went to college in the United States.、Uh, went to Bucknell University, and then went back to Japan for my graduate studies in Nihonga. So I understand the reality of navigating between cultures, feeling that you don't fit in any of them, and in many ways. To me, to be able to even write a book seems miraculous because I struggle so much with languages. I couldn't write in any of them. Growing up halfway between cultures, now looking back was a blessing because I had to be very intentional about communication. That's why I'm an artist, but made me a good writer because I'm highly sensitive to the nuance of what you don't understand. You know. And you have to hear the sound first before you take in the meaning.、Mm-hmm. So you dwell in between spaces. So music, art, even sports can become a way for us to communicate something right deeply. And language and art and music and so forth can expand because of that, not because we are certain that we understand and we can communicate something. And then though, you know, grew up. In an environment in which he couldn't find his identity either, in so many ways, his mother converted to Catholicism after her divorce. She was back in Nagoya, and it was her sister who introduced her to Catholic faith. Now that means that there is something going on in Endo's family, especially on mother's side. And by the way, his mother was a violinist. Who went to the same the music university that I went? That's awesome.、Uh, so very accomplished violinist,、mm-hmm. and she basically made a living playing and teaching. Endo grew up hearing violin and the sacrifice that his mother made, and yet faith was not his own. He was thirteen when he was baptized into Catholic Church. 
He felt funny about it. It was hard enough in between war times to grow up as somebody who grew up in Manchuria. You're already ostracized. And to say you become a Catholic meant that to the Japanese at the time, this is a Western religion. This is the religion of our enemies. I'm sure there were bullying and so many things that we would experience today, except it was accentuated by wartime. He grew up under suspicion. Not only didn't fit, he wanted to fit into Japanese identity, but he couldn't fit into that. And he certainly didn't fit into his own identity in his family because it was fragmented by divorce and so forth. And then plus, he was a really bad student. <laughs> he called himself utter failure as a student. He kept on trying to be like his brother, who was a very successful student. He became a doctor, top of his class, and so forth. Shusaku was, first of all, his body was weak, and his mind tended to be more divergent thinker than convergent thinker. He, he couldn't pass these exams that his brother could easily ace, and he struggled with this. And until his mother said to him, She's like, you are good at telling stories. You should just study literature instead of trying all these other sciences and so forth. He finally did. And I believe it was his seventh try to get into a university. He finally applied as a literature major and he got into Keio University at eighth school. But Keio at the time and still to this day is known for their. Foreign language departments. There were many teachers coming back from Paris or coming to KO from Germany and America and so forth. So that must have had its impact as a young student. And of course, at the time, he couldn't travel because of the war. But、uh, when he could, he, he was literally on the first ship out of Japan to, <laughs> to, to study abroad in Paris. Can't imagine going through something like that as a TCK. It probably rips him up inside. Yeah. So I have a Japanese friend in Japan, and they talk about how they reflect a lot on Second World War. But if there is such a small population, like, what can you do? In your book, you mention as well that. Endo described himself most like the character Kichijiro yes, in yeah, Silence.、Yeah. He is a very sad protagonist in the book. Yeah, His、yes. whole family like, died from persecution, but he was able to survive by stepping on the fumier three times. And so he kind of carries that shame of not being able to live out his faith as fully as he would like. And In your book, you also mentioned that Peter renounced Christ three times when、mm. Jesus was nailed to that cross. And I think, especially in Asian culture, there is such a strong, in some ways, fear of shame.、Yeah. How do you think, as a Christ follower, that we could not be beaten down by shame,、yeah. like, even though that we are Christ's image bearers, that we, we're not able to escape total depravity? The fact that you picked this up, the character of Kichijiro, 
who Endo said repeatedly, the character that he most identifies with, he says, I'm an auto failure in many things in my life. And Kichijiro, I see him as my forefather, which is an interesting statement, right? Because now that can be taken metaphorically. I identify with this character and his failures, and I'm the same way. Or it could be literal. He saw in the Kichijiro character something that is both an embodiment of shame, which we kind of want to run away from. So we judge Kichijiro right away in the book or in the movie that we don't want to have anything to do with this guy. He not only fails to himself, but he betrays, right? He betrays over and over. And he can't help himself, but, you know, he's back at the table asking for forgiveness over and over. And Father Rodriguez's character, of course, gets sick of this. You know, he's like, how could this man be anything but the devil? Because he is just completely cast out of religious side. He's completely cast out of the Japanese side, right? Because he is connected with hidden Christians. So what is Endo trying to do? The statement that I see Kichijiro as my forefather is a kind of a signal or a signpost for us to follow. When you think about it, like there are many people who had to step on the Fumier to survive. Those who didn't were immediately tortured and killed, right? So who had children, <laughs> right? When you think about that reality, it's most likely people who failed over and over. They were ostracized. Their families were ostracized. They had to live in islands somewhere because they couldn't live in mainland. And these pockets of hidden Christians, really, uh, even it's mentioned in a story, Silence, and in the film, in no way it left them alone because they were completely debilitated by their experience that they're not going to try to, you know, insurrection or anything like that. They're completely harmless, <laughs> so-called hidden Christians. In a way, they survived with their families intact. They carried, they passed on the failed faith, right? This is not a triumphant faith that if you go to any American church, we talk about the victory of Christ. We talk about Jesus gives us that victory. But this is the opposite. This is Jesus who lost everything, who, who were betrayed by me, you know, by our family, by my father, and so forth, right? So this psyche continues to create something unusual in Japan. But when you step back and think about what the gospel is, and you mentioned Peter betraying mm-hmm. Jesus three times, what did the disciples go through? Is it more like the triumphant faith that we tend to experience in worship in America? Or is it the failed faith, more like what Kichijiro experienced and his generations after that experience? It's probably Endo is right that the Christian faith is not just victory of life over death, but it's all about suffering, right? There's suffering that comes and how many times we become like Peter 
And we have to choose between the repentance of Peter and remorse of Judas, right? Those are the only choices. And Kichijiro seems to be Judas' life, but in reality, in silence, what you see, and Scorsese gets this really well. She spends 30 minutes, okay, amplifying this at the end of the film, which is the appendix of Endo's book, which nobody reads. There's no word appendix in Japanese original version. Mm -hmm. So we should read it because that's the beginning of the story is what happens to this failed character, Kichijiro. What might have happened to him after the story of silence, right? Scorsese picks this up in his film. It is, in a sense, more clear in the film. You can watch the film and experience what I'm talking about. But this failed faith, let's say, that was Peter-like rather than Judas-like, which is what we assume Kichijiro to be. In Japan, if that's true, then something survived the persecution. (laughs) This faith, even though it was completely abject failure of a faith, right? Somehow, and we can call that God's grace. And Endo carries this story of invisible grace that is suppressed, hidden, oppressed, persecuted, but it never disappears. And it actually outlasts the persecution. Endo in 20th century is picking this up. And his point is not just for Christians to understand it. He said probably Christians will hate the story because they want to be strong. And they want to have a church be like take over the land. But he says, no, the gospel is the opposite. <laughs> you know? And how much of an antidote is that? What we now realizing is toxic masculinity of faith in America. How much of an antidote is that kind of faith that fails over and over and yet by grace, right, continues through generations? That is the kind of hope that Endo builds into all of his stories, very traumatic, very violent, very dismissive, and yet it's producing fruit in very unusual, mysterious ways. (laughs) Yeah, I think I agree. You know, you mentioned about the church wants to be strong and triumphant. When I watched the movie, it just really hit me that in some ways, the Jesuit missionary, Father Rodriguez, he thought he was losing his faith. Yes. But in fact, he was becoming more culturally Japanese in the process. Um, At the same time, it was just such a harsh environment for Christians in general that you can't really quite practice the way that you want to. There isn't enough freedom in that situation. So what do you think the novel teaches us about the way that the gospel crosses culture and our place in that? When the movie film came out, Andrew Garfield was severely criticized because the critics said he absolutely is a weak actor here. They wished Father Garupe, played by Adam Driver, would have more time in the film because he's the strong one, right? Mm-hmm. But I wrote a little blog as soon as the film came out. I said, 
well, let's wait until the Japanese see this film and see how they respond to Andrew Garfield playing Father Rodriguez. See what they say. <laughs> and sure enough, when the film came out, when Japanese saw Andrew Garfield literally disappear off the stage, which Hollywood actor is not supposed to do, he becomes Japanese, as you note, right? Mm-hmm. Invisible behind the scenes, and quietly, some power is coming out of him because of his faith. And it's shown in his wife, the wife that he inherited because some criminal were executed and in no way wanted to <laughs> put him in um, this compound in Edo or Tokyo, gave him a wife and a child as an ultimate act of humiliation to a priest. And yet in the film, what you see, which I think is absolutely beautiful, Martin Scorsese did, is that his face is projected into his wife and his children. There's only one scene you can see this happen. And several notable scenes where the wife character, played by a remarkable actress, actually, she doesn't have a line in the film, but she tells the whole story with her body. So this Japanese storytelling, this is a story in which the actor, Andrew Garfield, a superstar, literally decides that he's going to disappear from the set. And by doing that, he becomes Japanese. And by doing that, he becomes a kind of an emblem of Japanese who are suffering under all sorts of stoic realities through so many challenges that they are facing. And yet this priest, as Kichijiro says, you're the last priest on this land. And of course, Father Rodriguez says, no, 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 I'm not even a priest. But the reality is he became an emblem of all those hidden Christians through generations, right, that Mm -hmm. look to him as the embodiment of what Japanese faith is going to be like. What struck me when I was reading your book is you explain about the character like Kichijiro and then about Father Rodriguez. But the person you rebuked the most is Train, the former Father Ferreira, who was persecuted, renounced his faith, and later worked to deconvert others. And it was like said, you know, in a time when. There was a lot of worldly powers at play that just really complicated things. If we like take ourselves into that world, how do you think Christ followers of that time can try to listen to God's voice when the gospel has been co-opted by worldly powers? What Endo was doing as an artist, as a novelist, was to depict truth and unvarnished truth that because the truth will set us free. And he wants to set Japanese free from their past and their debilitation and humiliation of the war. Nagasaki becomes a a symbol of that point. Hiroshima and Nagasaki with the atomic weapons being dropped ending the war, and yet so many ways, Nagasaki, rather than perhaps Hiroshima, which is more of a commercial zone, Nagasaki is a city of faith. 
So the city with literally the detonation point was the church now melted with so many Catholic believers that morning were worshiping and lost their lives. So Endo is saying that in the most, the lowest point, the darkest point of Japanese history, which could be Nagasaki or Hiroshima Nagasaki combined, becomes a beginning, now, especially Nagasaki, which is on the southern tip of Japan. It is where Father Rodriguez and Father Garupe snuck in, right? Because you could sneak in. It is close to Korea, Peninsula, and so forth. And so all these traders came in, all these uh, missionaries came in through Nagasaki. And it is also ascending out place, right? There are 26 martyrs uh, statues in one of the churches that used to overlook the bay. And it's still there looking out toward the world, sending out a message that here, the martyrs, the 26 martyrs that have to walk from Kyoto to Nagasaki to uphold their faith in the beginning of the persecution era. And there they are commemorated, but they're not looking back to Japan. They're looking to the world, which brought them the atomic weapon. So one of the radio broadcasts by NHK that I was part of for, I believe it was the 74th anniversary of commemoration of Nagasaki, they interviewed a surviving mother or grandmother by this time. She was a little girl when she survived the bombing. But her father was one of the leaders in the church that melted down. Her grandfather literally were uh, the leader who led the effort to build that church after the persecution. She said, we have been thrice cursed, once because of the persecution, secondly, because after we came out, we were persecuted too. <laughs> and third, because of Nagasaki, right, bombing. So thrice cursed, but I say we are thrice blessed. A remarkable statement. Why? Because she said, look at what Nagasaki is now. It is not only a port of entry, but port that looks out into the world. This message, if it can be a message of peace, we are the ground zero of peace. Now, that kind of resiliency is what I think Endo captures implicitly, not explicitly, but implicitly in his novels. And what this grandmother said, which was astonishing to the announcer who was narrating this, you know, she's not a Christian. And she turned to me after this lady said this and says, Mr. Fujimura, you are a man of faith. What do you say to this? <laughs> and I said, there are no words that I can say except in utter admiration of her faith. This is a faith that's earned and fortified and sanctified, not just in one generation, but in 10 generations. When she makes that statement, she's not just reversing the curse, but she's creating a new world. <laughs> and that means, right, we as people who are observing this from the outside or inside, we can understand that if she's right, then Japan has the ultimate 
key to creating a new conversation about peace, new conversation about integration of culture and nature. Japan is the end of the Silk Road. So all the cultures and religions ended up in Japan and became little island of refinement. But now it's time to send it out. It's kind of like the Great Commission <laughs> rebranded into this land of Japan. Of course, the question is like, uh, how could that be? Because, you know, 0.5% of Christians. Well, you know, I don't think God sees it that way. I don't think God's numbers match up to ours. God sees the heart. And I think there's things that the whole, only the Holy Spirit can see, first of all, that we can't see. And to understand that there are something in all of cultures that God has hidden as the true and pure gospel that we haven't untapped yet. This grandmother's statement <laughs> says to me that perhaps we can start with her, <laughs> you know, and start with Nagasaki, start with this horrific history of Christian persecution that targeted Christians, no other religion, just Christians. And so it created a reverse image and imprint in culture that we can trace now and understand why we're interested in Japanese animation, why uh, Miyazaki's films move our hearts so much. Uh, there's something there that we can explore. I think there's a lot of Christian elements is what I've noticed mm -hmm. now that I rewatch the animes that I grew up watching yeah. without actually <laughs> connecting it with Christianity, which was interesting. And in your new book, Art and Faith, you mentioned of the end is a new beginning. Yes. That reminded me of that. New, new book ends in Tokyo. <laughs> you know, in the taxi in Tokyo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just love that your book says Endo is like a holy Saturday yes. before the Easter That's light. Right. That's right. Just a very gloriously sad way that Fathers Rodriguez's confession towards the end was even now I'm the last priest in this land. Yes. That's the right. Lord was not yes. silent, even if he had been silent. Yes. My life right. until this day would have spoken of him. And that so, is, is Endo speaking through. Father Rodriguez, through many of his battles with illnesses and certainly with faith, he struggled, especially as a young person. Because when Silence movie came out in Japan, over 30,000 Japanese lined up to see this movie. And Endo's novel became the, on top of the bestseller <laughs> again after 50 years or whatever. So that says something about the power of the film, and I was very happy about that. And I wanted to let Mr. Scorsese and his team know that what they did, creating this pure cinema, let's say, very difficult cinema to promote and to watch, yet the Japanese got it. So they took this in as something that was returned to them as a gift, a story that they didn't even know. Many of them, probably the first time that they understood what took place in 17th century in their own lands, their forefathers were either persecuted or persecuting others. 
in a way, the Japanese culture can identify with a gospel that says that because God loved us so much, he's going to send his son as a babe in a manger, the lowest of lows. And only the shepherd and the magi, the outsiders, will notice because he is so unlikely the Messiah. And that story of outsider creator, and yet chooses to remain an outsider and bring his sheep outside to the pen to be nurtured and then sent out into the world. That story is something that Japanese can resonate if they see it through Father Rodriguez's eyes, through Kichijiro's eyes. So this is what Endo is, I believe, trying to do. Thank you. I think that is just very deep. TCK BOF is now on 10 podcast platforms. If you want to stay connected to us and ask us a question or have a topic idea you would like us to discuss in the future, you can click on the message button on Anchor to leave us a voice message. We also have a blog and an Instagram page that we update fairly regularly. Thank you again for listening to the TCK BOF, where our conversation of TCK and faith comes together. Hope you have a good rest of the week.